And even in an evergreen funnel, there's actually a way to to use these pre-launch tactics that I talk about. Because no matter what, if you're selling something all the time and it becomes staticky, right? It's a way of kind of Mm -hmm. switching up. When someone has said no, could we get them engaged back in by using some of the strategies that we're going to talk about? Hello and welcome to the Simple and Smart SEO Show, where we provide tips and advice to improve your website's search engine ranking. I'm Brittany Herzberg, SEO copywriter for holistic health and wellness pros who want to show up as the answer to a Googled question. And I'm Krista Waddell, an e-commerce seller and content creator. I help business owners communicate the value of their products and services through content so you can make more sales and grow your business. We are business besties who love learning and sharing what we've learned. So what are we waiting for? Let's jump in. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Simple and Smart SEO Show. We're back with another one of my friends, because this is why I have a podcast, right, Crystal? <laughs> yeah, this should be called, uh, this this podcast should be called Brittany and Her Friends. <laughs> <laughs> it really should. <laughs> well, Brenna McGowan is here. She is like, she falls under every single category, friend, client, support system. So I'm really jazzed to talk with you today, Brenna. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Um, We, of course, just like want to set the stage and we're going to be talking about pre-launch and SEO strategy and kind of how those two work together. But before we get into that, do you want to just tell us a little bit about who you are, who you help, all that fun stuff? Yeah. So um, once again, I'm Brenna McGowan. I am a copywriter, launch strategist, and an expert in pre-launch strategy. And um, I started off my career as a social media manager, uh, kind of flying by the seat of my pants. And coincidentally, during my social media management, I was also writing blogs for clients, trying to do like some (laughs) SEO, Pinterest, Twitter, I mean, you name it. Like when I first started my business, I just was like, oh, online, you just do all the things. So finally realized (laughs) that's not a very good strategy. And I joked that I made like $2 an hour my first year in business. And so I quickly transitioned over into email copywriting and fell in love with copywriting. But during during my tenure as a copywriter, and because not I didn't only focus on email copy, I just noticed how everything works together, all copy, right? And I know that's mm-hmm. what we're going to talk about, like getting people into your funnels, make having things make sense from the beginning of the journey to the end of the journey. And I also spent a lot of time writing launch copy. And I started to really notice how when the when there's a piece of a of the puzzle that most people were missing and I'm talking whether it was you know people doing small launches to very big launches and that was the pre-launch the warming up before and I had a moment I was listening to an interview with our mutual friend Marisa Corcoran um, (laughs) and Gemma Bonham Carter and they were talking about pre-launch and I was just like oh my gosh this is like, this is the missing, you know, piece of what people aren't talking about and what I'm seeing in my own business. And so I decided to niche and really just talk, start talking about pre-launch strategy in terms of, uh, in terms of launching. And that's why we're, we're here today. <laughs> I love it. And as a side note, you also kind of watched my whole case study story thing get birthed, which is really cool because around the same time that you were really calling yourself like the pre-launch strategist and expert, which was so cool to just see you embrace that and start to talk about it. 
I had the same idea where it was a dream I woke up from. And then I remember voxering you and I was like, I had this dream and I need to start writing case studies because it includes SEO and story. And so you've been, like I said, you've been a supporter for a very long time and I really, really appreciate you. And I'm so excited to talk about pre-launch and to figure out where SEO plays a role. So one thing I really like to ask our guests is, and there's no right or wrong answer. So this is like nothing that we shared with you, but how do you define SEO or what do you think of when you think of SEO? I think probably in a simplistic format, I think it's just how people find you, right? On um, mm-hmm. in Google. That's how I think of SEO is like the it's the basis of it is if you want people to find you, you have to have your SEO strategy in place. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. Crystal, so I have having... a question for yeah. you, Brenna. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. So I know one of the first things we were gonna ask you is what's a pre-launch. But I was thinking, like, do you have to have a launch launch before you have a pre-launch? Or, you know, how does that work? I mean, how do you learn the order of that? Or, you know, like, how do you just kind of get started? What is a pre-launch? Great question. So in terms of, to me, a pre-launch is what comes before a sales promotion, right? So I think we use the word launch as an online, uh, you know, term, but I think it's just, okay, I'm having a set sales period of time. I'm not in what I would consider a constant evergreen. So I think you can pre-launch services, you can products, you know, online type uh, informational products. Um, so in, in that respect, I would think of it as, okay, pre-launch is like a warming up period. So like, how can I warm people up or get people prepared for what I'm about to promote? So if you think about it, when it comes to like the, I always talk about the movie industry, right? In a sense, they are pre-launching. It's just, they're not like actually selling like a service, like you, we would think on in online business, but they are selling a movie and they put out, you know, in most cases I read, you know, trailers for movies come out 120 days ahead of time. That's because they're trying to get you prepared and ready for what's to come. I was thinking about fashion week, right? Like fashion week happens in September, the big one, but they're actually displaying what's going to be coming out for spring, right? It's a pre-launch. So it's actually something that's used all the time in, you know, quote unquote, regular business, but it's kind of been forgotten in the online world. So I, I don't know if that answers answers your question, Crystal. If um, I didn't, please let me know. But basically, it's just like a warming up period of letting people know of something that is to come versus I'm selling this thing all the time and you can buy it all the time. And even in an evergreen funnel, there's actually a way to to use these pre-launch tactics that I talk about. Because no matter what, if you're selling something all the time and it becomes staticky, right? It's a way of kind of Mm -hmm. switching up. When someone has said no, could we get them engaged back in by using some of the strategies that we're going to talk about? Okay. So I think what is hard for maybe a lot of online business owners, I know just from my personal experience, is sometimes it it seems like things move so fast. And I remember you said when you first started, you um, were a social media manager and you're doing all of these things, you know? So it's like, how do you, you know, stop the, just the action to recognize, okay, now I need to, you know, have a a pre-launch strategy versus oh gosh, I'm in it. You know, that's what I feel like has happened to me so many times. It's like, I'm in it. There was no launch. I'm just in it. So do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. And it's not a sexy answer, 
And it's something I'm, I'm like you, Crystal, where it's like, especially in the past, it's just like, I'm just doing my thing, right? Like I'm just doing it. And then it's actually like slowing down a little bit and planning. And Mm -hmm. I notice it, whether it's been with my one-on-one clients, whether it's in um, my, in my group program, the pre-launch plan program, people don't plan as well as they think they're planning. And (laughs) it is one of those things that in our minds, we're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this in January. And then like things just kind of, you know, then they just spiral. And all of a sudden, you're almost to January, and you haven't planned. So it's really sitting down with a calendar, you know, or online calendar, however you do it, and really map being out a plan of this is when I'm going to sell certain things. Um, and this is when I'm going to back up and do this pre-launch ahead of time. And, and I won't say sometimes even especially for service providers, but even for me, it's like, okay, sometimes you almost have to take a step back to get a little bit, a step forward. And I mm-hmm. think that is something that's really important to point out is like, okay, maybe you don't do it perfectly, but how can I start like taking a step back and planning and really getting intentional about my promotional periods? Because in the end, then you can get into this rhythm where, um, because the beautiful thing about what I show people how to do with pre-launch is that it can be tweaked and done again and again. And then it it becomes easier on the other side. But I think that's the thing. I think most people aren't really planning. And then even when they do plan, they realize like, even just like silly things like, oh, I planned this over spring break and I didn't realize it. Uh, <laughs> or, you know, I want to get this. I want right now, even with um, inside my program, it's the holidays. Okay. Like, how are we accounting for the holidays around our pre-launch or our promotional schedule? So I think the, the, like I said, planning is really um, the answer there. <laughs> I love that. Be, I? Be, I'll, I'll throw it back to you in just a second. I just wanted to make a comment on that because, um, I was trying to schedule somebody for next week and we're recording this the week before Thanksgiving. And they were like, well, I'm definitely not available on Thanksgiving. And I'm like, oh gosh, you know, I I don't even think to block that stuff off on my calendar sometimes, you know? So anyway, I just wanted to share that little tidbit. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just made a note because I was like, oh, I need to go make sure that I block that off (laughs) in like the scheduling software. But you said a couple of things. You made me think of something and you said one of my favorite words, which is intentional. And I think that an SEO strategy, pre-launch plan, things like that really do make you take a step back and think about how is this impacting your people? How is this impacting your audience? What can you do or say to make things easier for them? Make it an easy yes or even an easy no. So that was one thing that came to mind. And then I think a pre-launch plan really makes things feel less salesy. Because I've, I, that was something that came to mind when you were talking. Because I know so many people who are like, oh, I feel like I'm being salesy because I'm talking about my life or I'm talking about something, and then I switch gears and I start selling to them. And I think the pre-launch period allows it to be like a buffer between, kind of like because I've seen some inside of your pre-launches with clients with the case studies, and it's a little bit of them what they can relate to their audience with, like those connection points, those intentional points. And then it kind of ramps up into like, oh, here's this thing I have for you. If you've noticed some of the stuff happening in your own life. Yeah, I agree. It's actually why part of the reason why I love doing what I'm doing is I don't mind selling. I always talk about this story um, where I started off one of my, my first real job, if you will, was I was a bank teller. And one of the things that we had to do was sell credit cards to people. And we'd have these promotions where we would basically get people to sign up for credit cards, um, for overdraft protection. And, you know, it's like, 
trying to like sell to someone who has, you know, $100,000 in a checking account, they don't, they don't need the, you know, our bank credit card for overdraft protection. It didn't feel like a natural progression, or it just, it felt the way we had to do it or did do it, um, just never sat with me right. But I was also, I was also a personal banker at one point. And I had no problem when someone would come, that same person came to me with $100,000 in their account. And I was like, we should put that into a seven day CD or whatever the, you know, we should earn some interest on it. You know, I don't know if you want this just sitting in your checking account. And so from there, it seemed like it just made sense. And so I really feel like that's the sales approach that I like to take is yes, we have to put an offer out in front of people. But when we can do it with the pre launch where we're we're making it more invitational, and we're lining up an argument where the person has time to decide if this makes sense for them, if this is the right decision for them, when I do finally put that offer in and go really, I guess, you know, kind of hard where there comes a time where people have to make a decision, we're humans, right? And so I also think this doesn't mean that we never put an offer out or never have something that doesn't expire. But it does give the I feel much better about it personally, when I know I've spent five, six weeks letting someone know what exactly what's coming up, exactly why I think that this might be a good fit for them and putting it into their hand to say yes or no. One of the big um we talked a little bit about anticipation already, um, which was like about that movie thing. But when I think about why pre-launch works, I have um, a four set system, which the first one is anticipation, mm-hmm. where we get people really excited about what's to come. Um, the second part is autonomy, which I'm huge on. I have I have the four A's, which is giving people space to make a decision. And I, I talked about this last week inside my Facebook group that I feel at the very core of being empathetic is giving people autonomy to say yes or no, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm all about that. The other reasons why it works so well is I call uh, assurance, which is with a pre-launch, you give people time to get to trust you. And and it's huge right now, especially going into 2023. I've never seen, well, you know, in the last few years where people are very hesitant with buying decisions, and I think it's because of the economy, but I also think with the influx of people coming online in 2020, there is a lot of a lot of people that have been burned who have taken programs that haven't worked out. So there's definitely hesitancy see in the market. And I also think as a side note, we can get into this. This is why I think you could really use your SEO strategy, especially for this assurance part, if not the anticipation and the autonomy. And the last part is anecdotes and a story, like the way to communicate and and communicate what you're selling without feeling salesy is understanding um, how to tell stories, but tell strategic stories that line up to what you're about to sell. So I really think that's when, when you can do all four of those things naturally, it doesn't feel so salesy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So before we jump into like the SEO part of this, um, can you kind of explain, um, you know, how long a pre-launch should be and like where it falls in the funnel? Definitely. So I think, you know, for for stepping outside the bounds of SEO here for a moment, because SEO is more of an evergreen strategy. So when we think about a regular pre-launch, what what I I'm talking about is um, inside your funnel. I like four to six weeks. You're never gonna, it's never gonna hurt you to do longer. So, right. Mm-hmm. Like, but if you're like, okay, I only have so much time to set aside inside my program, I show people six weeks is what I feel is like that little bit of a sweet spot where it's not so long. Um, and what I like about it too is in it kind for me, 
I can't be on all the time. So it kind of gives me a moment to breathe in between my promotions. And that's the other reason why I like about this is when you can set up your, your promotions in a way where it's quarterly, or maybe it's three times a year, whatever that is, if you're doing a really strong pre-launch for about six weeks beforehand, I'm not saying you fall off the face of the earth in terms of your promotions, but it does give you a little breathing room where you don't feel like you have to be on as much. So I like about six weeks typically. So that's good for introverts. (laughs) Yeah, and it is. And I do feel, I mean, I went through my big launch in September and I, I, I've been working on a lot of things for the behind the scenes of my business. But I feel like too, it's just like, I just needed a moment not to be on camera so much, right? Not to, not to be having to think about filming reels or doing any of those things. So I have a little, a little bit of breathing room where I don't feel like the pressure is on because it does, visibility does matter, you know, being whether you're talking visibility of being in someone's inbox or being in on a video or whatever those things are, visibility matters to your business. And so when you don't feel like you have to be on as much for me, it just feel makes me feel a little bit more, more at ease. And it also makes me feel like when I know I'm going into a pre launch, I'm mentally prepared, like, okay, I got to do this thing and I'm going to plan this out and I'm going to execute it because I've had the space to plan and a little bit of a break as well. Mm -hmm. No, I think that giving yourself that break really helps it to be much more impactful and much more like we've talked about intentional. So I'm curious, where do you see SEO playing a role in pre-launches? Right. So I think it's a matter of if we're, if we're having people find us, it, you know, I, for example, like on a blog, maybe, maybe you are making mention of your program. Maybe you are thinking about how, when you are writing blogs, like, or, you know, putting something, I know you and I, uh, Brittany have worked on case studies. Like, mm-hmm. how can I use this to actually fuel the fire for my next program in an organic way? So I think it's just a matter of really kind of thinking ahead intentionally about some of the things that you're publishing and seeing, okay, could I use these? Not only, you know, having a page, like for example, from my case studies, I love that I can, in an actual live launch, I can push people there, but then can people also find me organically and start kind of seeding in the things that I'm going to be selling and and, you know, attracting them that way. You know, I think it could be done a number of different ways, whether it's you are just making mentions and inline mentions, um, what my friend Dana Malshoff calls it inline mentions, where you're, where inside whatever you're publishing, you're giving examples of what you've done in your program, or, you know, something that has worked and using that inside as part of your SEO strategy. But I also think too, on every blog, or every, you know, every website page, there needs to be some type of call to action, depending on what you're doing. So it's like, okay, can you use this, um, you know, possibly to move people, I, I always talk about how I'm not super huge on wait lists, But I think if you were doing it, with your SEO strategy in mind and being very intentional about it, could you move people to a wait list? Could you move people to possibly even just booking a call with you that is no pressure? Like what are ways that you can start using your SEO? Because the beautiful part is if someone's actually searching for you, they're already they're, they're, their guard is down, right? You're not bombarding them on an Instagram post or something. They're, they're doing a search and they're finding you. And then you are putting out a natural solution to whatever pain point or whatever problem they're having inside of your, your blog post or whatever, whatever you have inside that webpage. Mm-hmm. And I think 
going back to being intentional and why I love that so much is because when you're being really thoughtful about what you're sharing and how you're helping your people, your audience, you're going to naturally use those keywords. So if you're listening to this and you're panicking like, oh my goodness, I didn't have an SEO strategy. I haven't thought about keywords. You're probably using them already. And another place that they show up are in testimonials, which is part of why those case studies end up being a really helpful tool for getting you and your program found. So if you're listening, don't panic. (laughs) Right. And if you're using something like case studies too, right, you could be backlinking them, you know, you could be linking Mm -hmm. to pages inside of your website, which from I'm not an SEO expert, but from what I understand, the more you do that, the more you get people like, you know, staying on your website and checking out. So you could be talking about a pain point. And then maybe you're like, hey, you want to read how so and so, you know, fix the same problem, click over here to read their case study, then you push them to their case study. And then maybe so you keep it going. So I think that's and of course, obviously, the the longer you have someone on a web page or on your website, it's going to, you know, lessens your bounce rate increases the time they're on Google starts to recognize that people are there searching for certain things. So yeah, I think it can all work well together. And I I think the other beautiful part about doing this inside of a pre-launch is that I'm, I always talk to people when they're building out a pre-launch to have, mm-hmm. you know, one piece of authority content every week. And so you can use, whether it's, um, you know, if you're doing a video or a podcast, but maybe you start to incorporate that. So you, yes, you get the SEO because you're using, you know, your or blog post or whatever it is as authority content. So it becomes a long-term, a long-term strategy mm-hmm. that helps your short-term strategy, which is getting, pushing people and getting them to consume content right away. I love it. Yeah. I was just thinking that was really interesting how you were talking about, you know, the cycle of promoting and then taking time off and then where you're pushing people to in the meantime, because it's like, okay, if you're in the middle of launches, that doesn't mean that you can't still work with people one-on-one or, you know, talk to them about certain things. So it's just another element of planning that I never really thought about before. So I'm like mentally making notes in my head about like my (laughs) calendar, (laughs) what I need to do to really, you know, create the type of year that I want in 2023. So I think that's something that everybody listening can kind of take away. Um, But like, how how does this align with the customer journey, the pre-launch? Is that um, is that something specific that you're trying to do in a pre-launch is align with the customer journey? Or are you kind of expecting them already to be, you know, near a conversion? Are they already, you know, aware of you and already considering you as, you know, an option for whatever whatever service you sell? Or are you are you starting from people who may or may not even know who you are? Great question. And actually inside my program with my one-on-one clients, we spend a ton of time on the awareness journey and really figuring out where that person is. And I talk about the awareness journey and I also talk about right fit readiness. Um, I have this like diagram that I created because I think it's a, it's a, there, there's a match, right? Like figuring out where our person is on their awareness journey and really thinking about who that person is, what, where they're at in their business, what, um, because a lot of times too, we will unknowingly kind of talk to someone who is, 
maybe not at the right fit, even though we're talking to someone who's maybe they have, because the awareness journey in and of itself is problem aware, they have a problem, solution aware, they have a problem, they're looking for a solution, product aware, they have a problem, they're looking for a solution. Now they're just looking to find out if you or your offer is the right solution. So it's really digging in um, inside the, my program. The first thing we do is voice of customer interview. So if you are someone who is doing this yourself, is interviewing people, um, collecting voice of customer research, really understanding where the person is at. And that's exactly, it's a great question that you asked, Crystal, because that's exactly what the pre-launch is. A lot of times what happens during a regular launch is that we're expecting someone to buy, like they're just, they're just look, they're already at like a product aware or on the very end of a uh, solution solution aware when really they they're still a little bit of problem aware. Um, so it's really thinking about and researching and getting very clear as where this person is at and then creating content that moves them up the awareness journey very quickly. I was I was kind of smiling when you said you had like a diagram because I am <laughs> all about some diagrams and I have built this really intense diagram inside of whimsical. I don't know have you ever heard of whimsical? No, it's a, okay. Well, it's like a whiteboard, but you can put all of these little shapes and different things and draw arrows. And, you know, it's just, it's a flow chart on steroids, but so I love <laughs> diagrams. I'm like, Oh, I'd love to see your diagram someday. Um, but I build out like, you know, the top of funnel, middle funnel, bottom of funnel, and then all of the custom awareness type stuff, because you hear all these terms everywhere. And it's like, where do they intersect? You know, this is just a project that interests me, you know? So hearing you talk about it, I'm like, oh my goodness. We'll have to swap diagrams because now I want to see Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I I think I sent it to Brittany the other day and she was just like- It's a lot. Yeah, she was like, I can't- It's very interesting, (laughs) but it's a lot. And I completely forgot, Brenda, until you mentioned it, you did the the awareness journey training inside Marisa Corcoran's CCS program. Yeah. And that was- Awareness journey is everything. And I will say too, this, I've had- I've, you know, I've helped wonderful one-on-one clients. I have helped, you know, inside my program, people that have been in business forever, marketers. And when they go through and we actually go through the process that I walk people through, they're always amazed like at how much better they know their clients. So yeah. I think people do a lot of times just because there's not, you know, a ton of training around it. It's just like, yeah, we kind of, we're like, yeah, they're problem aware. And we kind of leave it at that, but we're not really getting deep into the head of what this looks like. Um, and that is exactly what happens with the pre-launch strategy is like there, I call it the, now I'm going to forget my own term, but basically <laughs> all the time. beginning of, uh, I know the be, I would have to like my acronyms next to me <laughs> so I can remember my own stuff. But basically the pre-launch journey is figuring out exactly where the person is at, exactly the right fit readiness, the kind of person you want to attract and talk inside your program your one-on-one service, your course, and then figuring out what the end destination is. And then the pre-launch is that, you know, that bridge in the middle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was something else you said, you talked about um, doing interviews with the voice of the customer. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting to align with SEO because that's what SEO is. You know, it's the words that people use to find what they're looking for. Um, And so I thought, wow, that's a really interesting way to look at it. And so I, I see that that plays a big role, you know, in SEO and pre-launch, you know, that's a, a nice crossover there. So. And so, I yeah, think that's so, why the case I, studies just like work so magically because you've got the testimonial, it has the words. And then like you were talking about the diagram thing on steroids, a case study is a testimonial on steroids. <laughs> yeah. 
And the, and the case studies inside of what I show are are huge. Like that's because not only are you providing content um, along the way of moving someone from the awareness journey, right? The we're also providing uh, credibility around mm-hmm. who we are, and it builds up our authority at the same time. And quite honestly, if you're someone, my friend Chris Orzakowski talks about this a lot. Like if you're someone who's out there just pub- publishing regular blog content and publishing regularly on your site, you're probably doing better than like 90%. I know I have struggled with it as myself. So it's like you can you become an authority just by getting the stuff that's in your head or the things that you're talking about and getting it onto a web page. And I just want to say too, because it took me years to learn this. If you're repeating yourself, you're doing something right. And that's what you really should be writing down. Totally. I love it. I love this conversation. Did you think of any other questions? Well, I'm trying to bring it back to SEO here because I'm thinking, (laughs) okay, um, we've talked testimonials, we've talked blogs, we've talked case studies. And so those are all, you know, kind of written words that we can use on our website. Is there anything else that, you know, is the written word that would be on our website that, you know, is something that would be considered part of an SEO strategy because it's written on our website? Right. Well, I think I think the most thing going back to just having really strong calls to action, I think is Mm -hmm. like lining that up with your SEO is like, okay, I'm not just publishing content to publish content. I am once again, going back to that, that P word that we used earlier planning, like, okay, I'm going to actually plan out what this is going to look like for 2023 and start using that as part of your overall strategy for once again, when I talked about that kind of long-term and short-term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting because right before we got on this call, B and I were planning for next year. And one <laughs> of the the things that we were doing was we were trying to think, okay, what are what are our offers, you know, for twenty twenty three? It's like what are the call to actions that we want to use? Because I think so many times in content, especially that call to action is vague or missing completely, you know, and that's where I feel like I've really missed the mark in general because it's like. You want to add value, you want to add value, but it's like sometimes people are ready to take a next Mm -hmm. step with you. So it's figuring out what is the right call to action for that piece of content. So I think that's really important takeaway. Well, and even like I'm schooling myself, even as we're talking, but like even (laughs) keeping, even keeping track, like having maybe a spreadsheet where we keep track of our pages and what they are and what the calls to action are. And okay, if I'm in a pre-launch, maybe I'm switching that call to action temporarily for the people that are looking at that page. Maybe, maybe I don't do it on all, but I'm keeping track on my, you know, Google analytics, or uh, I know they've switched it up. Do they even call it Google (laughs) analytics anymore? Mm -hmm. Uh, But like going through and saying, okay, what are my most visible? web pages because I'm going to be super, super intentional and keep an eye on these and see what calls to action are working or not working. You know, maybe if I am like right now, I'm probably five months out from uh, my next program. Maybe my call to action for now is just simply to get someone to sign up for my freebie, but I'm going to switch mm-hmm. that come January, February, and I start going into pre-launch, I'm going to switch it up to get people to try and book a call with me. So I think that's a way mm-hmm. that you could really use this if you're very organized and on top of it and <laughs> use all of this stuff to your advantage. Yeah. So, and that was, I think that was what B was going to talk about next was like, what metrics should you mm-hmm. use? So it's like, okay, if the, if you're watching those particular metrics, you know, and you're changing them based on how, you know, what part of 
the launch or pre-launch that you're in, how do you measure that? I mean, do you have to wait until the next launch to be able to measure the, you know, whatever was great about them? Or, you know, how often do you look at those metrics if you're tracking them? Right. Well, I think it is, you know, when you look, when I look at things in a pre-launch, it depends. If you've launched before, doing a launch debrief obviously is super important, um, looking at those metrics. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, just to, to a tiny degree, sometimes we just have to get stuff out there. And that's why I'm always a fan of like, okay, let's just get something out, get, you know, even in my first round of the, my program, I did very, very like off the cuff, uh, nothing fancy, no, not, like not a fancy sales page that so I can go in and just collect data. What are people asking for? You know, what is, what are they going to? I do think looking at your, um, you know, in a longer term strategy, looking at once again, your most visited web pages, because that actually could define some of if, if you're using and publishing regular content and, you know, yes, we're looking for SEO in, in this, in this scope of what we're talking about and doing into pre-launch, you can figure out what are those most visited web pages? What are people searching for? And that can help define part of your pre-launch because then you know, okay, I need to spend more time on certain subjects. You know, no one is looking up this one subject about pre-launch, but maybe everyone is looking up like how long a pre-launch should be or things like that. It You can use it overall. So I think there's a mix of, yeah, sometimes you're going to have to wait and collect the data. You're going to collect the data of how many people get onto your website, how many people are getting put there. Maybe you have to go through a launch. But as you're going through the pre-launch, and this is what I talk about too, you're actually collecting data along the way. Um, I know I have certain surveys that I have people send out so that we can get really clear on objections. Um, we also, if you're putting out regular content that's really specific around um, warming people up and moving them around their awareness journey, people will naturally make comments. People mm-hmm. will ask questions, right? And then you can use that to start shaping and defining. So you can use that as a data of just even how engaged people are in certain certain topics. So I think it's a mix of yes, going back and looking at Dan at analytics as they go along, but being cognizant during these launch periods and during these other periods to be collecting information little bits along the way, whether that's voice of customer or whether that's you've had really, you know, high open rates or high response rates on a certain email, all of those things can help define and help you start really being the strategist for your business. I think because we are so busy and we're just kind of bumping along, these are the things that are happening around us all the time that we're not even really paying attention to until we have a discussion or you listen to, you know, and there's some awareness built Mm -hmm. around it. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. The word that, um, or the two words that jumped out at me was like, pay attention. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, sometimes we can get so, you know, caught up in the day-to-day or, you know, whatever checklist or whatever plan we actually have that we forget to pay attention. And all of these things that you're saying actually inform an SEO strategy. You know, like a pre-launch just seems like such a goldmine for SEO to, you know, grow the next launch that much more. You know, like what you said, what are people asking for? Voice to the customer, what are they searching for? You mentioned um, giving your, your client surveys and, you know, paying attention to their comments and questions. I mean, those are all things that you can build a content and an SEO strategy around to make everything that much more efficient. Mm-hmm. Totally. And even listening to you, like I was taking notes as you were talking, cause you're reflecting back to me like in a very meta way, right? You're telling yeah. me what, 
what interested you. So I'm like, oh, okay, now I need to go and like write that down in my own notes so that I can use that as I'm talking about all of this stuff. So like, I think that's just a perfect display of what we just talked about. It's just like, okay, I'm going to be a little bit more aware because now I know what's really kicking someone's interest or you can kind of feel it. Like when someone's Mm -hmm. talking or asking you questions, you're like, oh yeah, like this is, I want to talk about this more. Yeah. And to bring it back to SEO for just a moment, you were mentioning looking at some of the blogs that are performing well, or even some of the website pages. You can also take this opportunity to go check out what keywords you're already ranking for and see, or even Mm -hmm. see which ones you might want to create content around that lines up with the pre-launch where you're informing someone, you're just kind of like moving them closer to that buying decision. Um, and you could do that a number of ways. But the first thing that comes to mind is even just using the free Ubersuggest Chrome extension, which I'll link. And I think we probably have mentioned in some other episodes. So I'll figure out the links and like <laughs> every, add and connect the thing. <laughs> every other episode. <laughs> uh, they need an affiliate link. Please, mm-hmm. Neil Patel, give us an affiliate link. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I don't know now. I think I got like a, I bet you it's more expensive, but I think, I think I spent a hundred dollars for like lifetime for like the full version. I mean, and me too. Can't go wrong with uh, having that either free. And I use it for my clients too, right? It's like, okay, what can we, what, what are people searching for? What, you know, it, 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 helps you, you know, going into like using tools like that too. The other tool, um, and now that we're talking about, I need to add that to my suggestions, but I, um, writing notes, I, (laughs) you know, things like ask the public is another great, which now Neil Patel owns, right? Because, uh, uh, that's another place where I tell people if you're getting stuck, like not knowing what to talk about, maybe you don't have a ton of voice of customer, you know, upfront to really start doing this, just using something like that will make a big, that can make a, you could see what people are searching for and the kind of questions that they're asking. And I think that's the hardest part sometimes is just having that like initial idea mm-hmm. um, of what, of what to write about. But literally you could go to, um, to ask the public and you can find a question and you can literally just like answer that question. And that could be your blog post that you link and start using for some of your SEO. So and another thing too is just to go to Google. I love using Google because if yeah. you start typing in like a, a keyword, part of the phrase or part of the question that you think someone might be asking, you'll before you even hit enter, you'll see like a drop down come up of like other autofill ideas. And once you hit enter and you do that search, you'll see the people also people. What is it like? People also look for or people also ask or something like that. It's toward the top and there's like a drop down. So yeah, I mean, there's tons of free ways to go out and figure this stuff out, even if it's your first launch. Definitely. But I think people, people are very, um, like giving opinions and questions. So I think too, mm-hmm. it's just like, don't be shy to ask, uh, you know, what the questions that they have around this. Um, cause it, it will, it'll help you start getting into the head of your ideal person. And the more content, um, you know, like we've talked about here, the more content, whether it's, you know, social media content, or we're using it as a full on SEO strategy will make a big difference. Yeah. So I have a question for you in regards to your program. Like when people sign up to work with you, is there a particular background that they all share? I mean, are they primarily course creators or, you know, have you noticed a similarity between those people? I would say, yeah, I think it's people who are looking for a way to sell that doesn't feel icky or yucky to them. You know, I think I, I attract those people who um, are looking for 
quote unquote, a better way to start selling their product. Uh, so I think that's the first thing. Um, I, in this program or for my one-on-one clients, I help people that are high-end service providers. So people who are offering a service that's, you know, probably $2,000 and up is, um, or course creators or people like co- or doing co- like coaching, business coaching, things where they're filling up, um, specific cohorts. Now I have had people go through my program and what I teach them, they actually pull into an evergreen funnel strategy. But what I am showing inside is someone who is doing, um, live launches, meaning they're having some type of sales promotion that is more of an open close, open cart, closed cart. And that's where I'm teaching around that. So um, funny enough too, I, I'm behind the scenes, I'm doing an event in January called Behind the Launch and I'm interviewing. Um, it's kind of fun. I haven't even talked about it yet. I'm just getting ready. No, I need to do my own strategy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you're the first people I'm actually talking to yes. about this Woo-hoo! where I am doing a launch or I'm doing an event in January. It's not like one I've ever seen, which is I have interviewed 15 plus experts uh, and I'm not even interviewing them. That's not the right word. I'm having chats over Voxer and I'm literally taking the audio files off these Voxer chats and creating these short little um, anywhere from five, some are a little bit longer on 15, but really these quick interviews about like what's working in, in their launches. And I think it's, a, I think it's really um, helpful and insightful of some of the patterns that I've seen. And I have to tell you, like during these interviews without people even knowing they're like selling my program because yep. it's so much of mm-hmm. what I've heard is people need more time. Um, people like selling evergreen products is, be- is getting harder and harder that people need demonstration. They need to see that something's going to work that you can't just tell them. And all of those things are kind of like lining up. And now I forget what my initial point even was that I'm talking about this. Um, what was your gra- question? <laughs> I know, I'm excited though. And I went off on a tangent. I, I had a I had a purpose. Um, I don't know what it was. So, but that's okay. Do you remember uh, it, Crystal? Yeah. Oh, I think I'm so sorry. I think we were just talking. I know what it was. You were talking about the consistencies among people. Uh, so the consistency. Yo, yeah. One is like, yes, you can use what I teach people in more of an evergreen funnel. Um, You know, when someone's come through and they've chosen not to buy, thinking about what we do with that you know, what happens to that person, you know, instead of just throwing them onto your list, right? Because in a, in an evergreen type funnel situation, whether you're doing a webinar, or you've brought them in in some type of freebie, and then you put an offer in front of them very quickly, we're seeing more and more that it's, it's harder to get people to commit on a very quick basis, um, I think, throughout the industry. So it's like, okay, instead of just like lumping them back into your regular email list, maybe it's putting them through what I would consider like a pre-launch before you put the offer in front of them again. So um, I think in general, the biggest consistencies I see with the people are, once again, service providers or um, coaches, course creators selling um, a product that's maybe uh, a little bit more expensive because obviously there is some correlation of, you know, if something's only, you know, $15, you probably don't need a huge pre-launch around it, right? You don't need to, but I also see on the other hand, you can pre-launch anything, right? Like you Mm -hmm. can pre-launch your lead magnet. You can pre-launch an event that you're about to do. You can pre-launch your actual launch. All of the, this process that we're talking about in like a, in a high level grand scope is something that you can use and rinse and repeat through all different promotions. Even if it's not something that you're trying to necessarily 
take money for. Okay, two okay. things. One, we pre-launched the podcast. I jumped ahead of you. We pre-launched the podcast and, oh no, please tell me you're interviewing Jordan Gill on the Voxer messages. Yes. She does all things like statistics and data and I love her. Okay, I'm done. Oh, Crystal, and her data from what we talk about in... Yeah. It blew me away. I can't. I can't wait to share that interview. Oh, I'm so it, excited! It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. After you share her interview, we should have her on the podcast to talk about her data because I'm sure there's yeah. something there that you know correlates with SEO. Um, but I just wanted to say um, again, B and I were talking before we jumped on here, and I, I'm uh, I have two speaking engagements next year. It's the first time I'll be speaking to uh, photographers about SEO. You know, and I was I was telling B, I was like, man, I really think that maybe my focus of my content will be on, you know, SEO for photographers, because obviously those are my two main events next year. And so as you're saying this, I was like, oh, this is what I need. It's a pre-launch strategy for these speaking events, you know? And so, yeah, like you said, it's so meta, you know, because I'm like, oh my gosh, we were totally talking about this. And now I understand exactly why I need to do this and you know why it makes sense and and I just uh it's just so cool to hear it kind of all tie up you know because it it works for everything not just SEO not just for course creators um but also for speakers you know and different events that we line up for ourselves yeah and you can totally build up like we talked about that anticipation and that buzz like the beautiful Mm -hmm. part too is it and it's a natural authority builder that you are speaking at an event right and it's building your credibility along the time um so i talk about the four types of content that are really important during a pre-launch is i call it my pace formula which is personality which we all kind of naturally do you know but sometimes we sometimes have to be once again using that word intentional about our personality and making sure it's kind of intertwined in our content but building up your authority, right? Where you are the expert um, and not being afraid to claim that inside is really important to, to your whole entire business, but definitely pre-launch, <laughs> right? Credibility is you, I, the reason why I feel, you know, I naturally, hopefully consider myself somewhat, you know, a pretty humble person, but the reason why I can have the authority that I have is because I have the credibility to back it up um, and being, you know, speaking all of these things I'll shout out that I'm doing this with you that builds my credibility and then the last thing is empathy and we talked about that a little bit earlier is really getting and that's where the awareness journey comes in like can we really really get into the head of our ideal client there's nothing more empathetic than that is really truly fundamentally understanding where they are at and then helping collecting the words so that we you can speak directly back to them what they're saying which then again ties all the way back to the SEO that we talked about and that's where your (laughs) SEO comes in right because people are going to be searching based on that. So I kind of love how it all of this came full circle uh, in that discussion. I know. And it's so cool because I, I I have all these friends and yes, we should totally change the name of the podcast and everything to like Brittany interviews or friends. But it's funny because I'm always like, I know there's something here. And sometimes I have a very clear vision before we get on the call. Sometimes it shows up on the call. And I feel like this totally like showed up on the call. Gary, I was, I was wondering, uh, Crystal's messaging me and I totally got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just wanted to say that I was listening to a podcast the other day where Gary Vee was talking about the importance of empathy in marketing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, that's something that B and I have in common. You know, we have a very strong sense of empathy. That's kind of where our friendship 
you know, grew out of was our, our sense of empathy (laughs) that Mm -hmm. we shared for each other and for other people. And then there was another uh, podcast that I was listening to where a woman said, at some point, we have to accept and acknowledge the authority we have on a given subject, you know, and it's, it's not just, um, women, but I think a lot of women kind of struggle with this of, you know, kind of growing into this sense of authority and then one day recognizing, oh my gosh, I am an expert in this, but you know, it's awkward to call yourself an expert or whatever, but one day you have to wake up and embrace it that yes, I am an expert in this and yes, I can help people. So I think sometimes just understanding that this, this thing that you have now is actually a gift for others, you know, and it's not, you know, an obnoxious thing or, you know, whatever word you'd want to use there, but it's, it's, it's your gift to, to help other people. Um, it, even if you're selling it, it's still a gift to help other people with that. So, well, and I think that's why when you go through everything with that empathetic heart, right. Where you, like you said, then, and then all of a sudden it doesn't, that's why it doesn't. And I think that's the difference when you have those people who maybe quote unquote have authority, but it doesn't sit well with you. It is like, that's what's missing. It's like that, that true caring for another. And that's Mm -hmm. why too, why I talk about like, I talked about at the beginning being empathetic and giving people autonomy is because I truly care more that the person gets the right service or program or whatever it does for them versus me making the sale. And right when we can get back to that again and again, then that's when our the, the true heart of our business really starts to be shown and 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 people appreciate it, right? Like I think all of mm-hmm. us want want to work with people who care about us. So uh I think I, I love what you just said, Crystal. Oh I love Thanks. this. This hey, hey now Brenda's going to be my friend too. So yes, it's going to be yes. Brittany and Crystal's that, friends. Okay. <laughs> so that's really the name of the show is like Brittany introduces Crystal to new friends. <laughs> that's what happened. I, I love making perfect. new friends. So uh, I'm glad that we're, we're now friends, Crystal. <laughs> Thank you, Brenda. What a pleasure. Well, before we let you go, is there any, where can people find you first of all? And is there any kind of like tools or resources that you want to shout out that may be applied for what we talked about today? I mean, clearly we're going to be linking the pre-launch program, but what else? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So um, I have a guide, which is my pre-launch cheat sheet. So there are three buyer beliefs that people have to have before they buy from you. So um, I go over what those three are, and then I show you the type of content that you can create to support that during your pre-launch. So um, I know you'll link it, but it's at brandonmcgowan.co forward slash cheat sheet. So if you want to, and then you'll get on my email list and get um, all of the different updates. And then two, if you're, I don't know when this will get published, but um, if you want to make sure that you get to hear uh, what I talked about, which is uh, behind the launch, the event that's coming up the week of January 23rd, it's completely free. And even if you want to buy lifetime access, it's going to be very inexpensive and I'm donating all the money to charity. So Mm -hmm. um, this is really these real honest and raw uh, conversations about what's worked well. And so I, it goes beyond just tactics, but like, what are, what are ways that you can start implementing some of what we've talked about in your next sales promotion? I am so excited for that. I can't even tell you, even just the fact that it's like a boxer conversation with you. Like I know the, the light bulb moments that I've had just talking with you. I'm like, I can't imagine how many more light bulb moments there are going to be with that. 
Oh yeah. It was so good. And I'm literally asking everyone the same, only one question, which is what's something that worked well in your last launch that helped you boost your results. So it is just me going on and simply asking that question and the person replying, whatever, whatever worked well. And I just, like I said, I think it's cool to go and listen to this because not only are you going to pick up some really cool, different ways to think about things that are a little bit more grassroots, which I love, but I do think some of the themes that co that went on in these interviews are really going to speak to where the market is going mm-hmm. into 2023. I'm so excited. Yeah, yes. that sounds amazing. That's, that feels yeah. like a very good, like pretty bow spot to like mm-hmm. wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for well, thank being you for having me. Brenda. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this info, subscribe before you go so you never miss out on something related to SEO. (laughs) See you next time.